This is your Tuesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. As is a custom on this podcast, when a head coach is hired or fired, which, uh, let's be honest, there's been a few opportunities for that just in the last month since this podcast started. We spent the whole episode talking about that very event. That means today we're talking exclusively about Ben Johnson, hired as Gophers men's basketball coach. In a little bit, I will have Marcus Fuller, Gophers men's basketball beat writer, on to join me. And a little bit after that, I will have Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune columnist, both of them very adept at breaking down this hire. A basic bio of Ben Johnson, former De La Salle standout. Played for Northwestern for a couple years, then bounced back, played for the Gophers for a couple seasons under Dan Munson, thus then began a journey as a coach, you know, high school for a little bit, colleges, uh, under Richard Pitino was on his staff for several seasons, then spent the last few years as an assistant at Xavier before now getting the head coaching job at Minnesota. 40 years old, never been a head coach, so that's that's the risk, right? We'll get into that with Marcus a little bit and Chip in particular, but the reward is that he's apparently and has the reputation as an excellent recruiter. Recruited Amir Coffey, recruited Daniel Aturu, recruited a lot of the better players at Minnesota under Richard Pitino, and also some successes since he has gone on at Xavier. So that that's been that's Ben Johnson, basically. Now I want to bring in you know a little bit more perspective from uh, from from the folks at the Star Tribune that they're going to help us cover this story. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, senior assistant sports editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Joined right off the bat here by Marcus Fuller, Gophers men's basketball beat writer at the Star Tribune. Probably covered, um, you know, has covered Ben Johnson as a, as a coach. I'm sure he's, you know, remembers him as a player as as well to a certain degree. Ben Johnson, now the head coach of the Gophers. Marcus, uh, welcome to Daily Delivery. First off, what what is this hire, this process that led them to Ben Johnson? How do you think they got to Ben Johnson and decided that he was the the coach that that should lead this program going forward? Well, first off, uh, thanks for having me. Um, appreciate it and. You know, I, I think you, the last podcast, uh, you posted it on Twitter. And I think I had a mention in there to you that uh, Wink Wink um, might have a gopher hire this week. So I'm glad we, we uh, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> you did. made arrange. Yeah, I'm glad you made arrangements to, to have, uh, have us on. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you look at, um, you know, going into the, the day, I, I was hearing some rumblings about them hiring an assistant coach. And obviously, um, you know, I had heard that Ben, um, was, you know, part of that mix. And I think if you look at, uh, what's happened here and, you know, recent hires in the big 10, um, you see Penn state hired, uh, Micah Shrewsbury. Um, he's, he's a Purdue assistant coach. So it wasn't uh, too much of a surprise because Minnesota had it second, right? The, you know, Penn state did it first and kind of surprised a lot of people. If you look at the Gophers history, um, you know, I, I believe, um, you know, as far as I can reach back uh, in my memory bank, uh, they have not hired a, a, a assistant coach without any head coaching experience. You know, it's, it's, it reminds me similar of the Tim Brewster situation um, in the fact that it's, it was a huge gamble as far as, um, you know, based on his recruiting, um, you know, and that's what the expectations they're going to have for Ben Johnson right away is to be able to recruit at a high level. Athletic Director Mark Cole mentioned that several times in his uh, press conference after he fired Patino that recruiting the state of Minnesota uh, was important. He knew how much talent is here. 
uh, you know, back, backbone of the program is recruiting. And he also mentioned that he was going to uh, cast a wide net uh, for the search. And uh, I believe he said uh, something about not uh, excluding assistant coaches. And that was a real big change from, uh, I think, the last hire that he made, which was P.J. Fleck. Yeah, I think he made it pretty clear then he was not going to look at assistant coaches um, and that he was going to look at, uh, you know, existing head coaches. So, you know, it's a it was a bold move by uh, Mark Coyle. But at the same time, you know, it brings a hometown homegrown kid here. He's not a kid anymore. Uh, ben Johnson was a star in high school as a player. Um, he was beloved, um, you know, really as a as a gopher, even though he was only here for a couple of years. Uh, because he came back home to play for the Gophers. And then also when he was an assistant coach, um, there was a lot of local recruits that he built relationships with. Not all of them ended up playing for the Gophers. Um, but if you ask them about their relationship with Ben Johnson, you know, it was definitely uh, uh, one that they'll remember. Tell me a little bit more about who Ben Johnson is. Cause you know, I think we, you know, someone is, you know, plays here, we, we kind of get familiar with them. And then, you know, he, he wasn't here for quite a while as he kind of charted his own path and he was here on Patino's staff. And then at Xavier, what, you know, of Ben Johnson, aside from, yeah, good recruiter, um, you know, chance to, you know, come back to his, his home state. What, what else are people saying about him? Or what else do you know about Ben Johnson? Well, when I actually uh, was an intern uh, here in Minnesota, um, young journalist, uh, not, not one anymore, Neither are you, uh, by the way, Mike. No, um, no neither is yeah, Ben. But, Ben's 40. He's a man. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I hope he doesn't use that in his opening press conference. Probably you know? shouldn't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think if you look at Ben, um, you're right. Like, he was a great player here in high school. He left, uh, you know, and went to Northwestern for a couple of years, played for a great coach in Kevin O'Neill. Um, uh, you know, and I think a lot of people were, were expecting him to finish his career at Northwestern, but all of a sudden, you know, he transfers home, plays for Dan Munson for a couple of years, you know, really at the end of his uh, go for career, they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't doing too well. Chris Humphreys came in and that team really struggled, um, you know, and he, and after that, uh, I believe he went to the high school level briefly. Um, you know, he worked at Dale Saul, uh, his alma mater. And actually the, the current Dale Saul coach, Travis uh, Bledsoe, um, he was, uh, you know, ben, he had been, uh, um, as a coach, um, when he was a young, when he was a player. So, um, you know, it's kind of full circle, um, with a lot of people that he's seen here back in the twin cities. Um, he, either he coached, played with recruited, um, you know, played for, <laughs> um, and so I think that's where we know Ben Johnson. I think the, when he came home with Patino, uh, that was on Patino's initial staff. I think uh, it was very important for Patino to establish himself in Minnesota with a Minnesota presence and his uh, assistant coaching staff. You know, Ben was the was an obvious choice at the time because his uh, ties to Villa Seven, the whole the hired, Teague, obviously, yeah, the yeah, Teague, Teague and, and Mike Mike Ellis, right, right. that hired Patino. And um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that were involved in Villa Seven, so it's not like you know the way it ended up with Teague and Ellis. Um, you know that. It, it was the shock that, you know, Ben, you know, was a part of that and, and, and he brought it back. You know, he, they knew that he had Minnesota ties. They knew he was an up and coming coach. Um, and, you know, he, he did kind of put Patino right in, uh, you know, with the Gophers and, and building a relationship um, with high school coaches, 
with, with, with players, um, you know, right away, they established a pretty good relationship with Amir Coffey before he really became a big time national recruit. Uh, I believe he was only like a, you know, freshman or sophomore um, that they already kind of knew who he was, you know, and that was the yeah. key for Patino is, you know, throughout his tenure, um, you needed a guy that saw these guys before they broke out and were gaining scholarships for all these big time programs. And they saw Amir early. They paid a lot of attention to him. Richard Coffey loved Ben Johnson and so did Amir. And so when it was time to make a decision, I think Amir really wanted to stay home. You know, obviously ties to his uh, fam family and everything to the Gophers. But I think Ben having a guy on his staff that really trusted him, he trusted and had a, a long relationship with, it went a long way. And the same thing with Daniel Turu, you know, Daniel committed when Ben Johnson was still on the staff. Hmm. Uh, ben left before Daniel actually played for the Gophers, um, went to Xavier and under Travis Steele. Um, but, you know, I think it really helped kind of build that uh, re the relationship with high school recruits in Minnesota that the Gophers had in that brief period when they did get Amir coffee, they got Michael Hurt, they got, you know, Jarvis Johnson, who didn't play, unfortunately, but they also got Daniel Turu and Gabe Kausher and Jarvis Omersa. We've written extensively. Megan Ryan had a story a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Minnesota being the only school in the Big Ten to not have a person of color, either in a head coaching position, athletic, or athletic director position or president. Um, you've written about this in the past, too, because it's been an, an inescapable fact at the U. How do you how do you think they approached this hire and, you know, Ben Johnson being a black man? How important is it for the U to not have that complete lack of diversity in their head coaching right now? Well, you know, I, I did a story um, four years ago um, on the U's lack of diversity uh, within their leadership not only looking at the Gophers, but also looking at the entire Big Ten and seeing where the U ranked. And, you know, at the time, there were a few schools that, um, you know, obviously, you know, pointed themselves out as needing to be more diverse in their athletic departments. At that time, we went a little deeper and, and, and we talked about deputy athletic directors, um, you know, athletic directors that were um, deputies that were in charge of sports, different sports, you know, because there's a lot of titles, obviously, and there's a lot of... Um, you know, responsibility, but there are only usually a couple ADs that are in charge of sports. Mm -hmm. um, you know, four years later, Megan did an article, uh, very informative, uh, but it also put the U on spot, right, for, you know, seeing if there were any changes uh, four years ago, and there were not. So I think they, they understood the need for more diversity um, within their leadership. You know, head coaches, obviously, you know, don't come and go, you know, every day. So, you know, there were some hires that Mark Coyle made, um, they were not uh, of color until now. And, um, you know, he had an opportunity to look at several candidates. Um, you know, there were names that were brought up, uh, you know, whether it's Cleveland State's Dennis Gates, um, you know, Sam Mitchell, the former Timberwolves coach, mm -hmm. uh, talked to the Star Tribune about his interest in the job. Um, but again, I think uh, going back to, you know, familiarity with Ben Johnson, um, the fact that he was already on staff, the fact that when he was on staff, he recruited Minnesota kids well. And, you know, I, I don't I, I don't have this uh, for a fact, um, but I think that he probably brought up some of the misses that maybe that Patino had that maybe, he you know, they would have gotten, you know, sure. if he was the head coach, you know, and McKinley Wright and, and players like that. So I think it was a combination of, you know, yes, looking seriously at a, a candidate of color as a head coach, 
again, there's other, probably other uh, potential candidates out there, but there were no other candidates, at least, you know, that they looked at that already had that footprint in uh, Minnesota as a college coach, but even with those an assistant um, and also, you know, he's paid his dues. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people felt like uh, Ben was in line for a head coaching job, um, you know, sometime in, in the near future, you know, obviously with Richard Pitino, you saw that he was a, a head coach for a year at Florida national, then all of a sudden jumped into the big 10. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's very similar situation, but again, Richard Pitino was 30 years old and Ben is 40. So there's a lot more life experience, a lot more coaching experience, um, 10 years. And those 10 years and a lot of those years were here in Minnesota um, trying to do exactly what he's doing. He's going to have to be doing now, but now he's the head guy that's making decisions and also has a, a recruiting priority in Minnesota. But again, you talked about diversity at first. You know, I think one of the biggest things in the story that we did and, and that was continuing to be, um, you know, the, the narrative when Mark Coyle was interviewed after firing Patino, he talked about um, having a diverse pool of candidates. Um, you know, President Gable also talked about after hiring Ben Johnson that, you know, uh, the men's basketball program and, and, you know, the athletic department is the footprint. Uh, you know, the, the university and, you know, it's kind of the window of the university and, they, it, you know, they want to reflect, um, you know, the university as being diverse. Um, and, and I think that this helps, you know, obviously having one coach of, of color uh, on the staff, is probably not something to put on a pedestal, but no it's a step in the right direction, you know, and I think um, they understand that. Marcus, great stuff. Um, we'll get to, some other uh, recruiting stuff here in a moment with Chips Goggins, but Marcus, great story. Um, we'll keep following this story as it, uh, as it evolves, but uh, thank you for, uh, thanks for coming on uh, daily delivery and uh, go get some, uh, go get some sleep. All right. Oh no, we're not going to sleep until uh, we start getting some Minnesota recruits in here. <laughs> Sounds good, Marcus. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Happy to have Chips Goggins on right now. Star Tribune columnist uh, has covered the Gophers extensively over the years. Uh, Chip, I think we, I think you and I might have uh pushed this story along because it was about 20 minutes or so after we planned to record a podcast um tomorrow that uh that this hire was made and so like yeah chip actually uh, actually let's do this right now <laughs> yeah. uh we're not yeah. going to talk about this anymore we're going to talk about an actual thing happening ben johnson hired as gophers men's basketball coach um chip just right off the bat what are your what are your what's your gut tell you what's your reaction to it i gotta be honest with you i'm surprised um, I thought that Mark Cole would wind up with a coach who's had head coaching experience because I know there's coaches out there and they've been talked about, you know, a lot that, that would have come here. Um, I think Craig Smith would have come here. I think Nico Medved would have come here. I think Dutcher would have came here. Um, and so I thought that they, he would land, um, in, in a spot where you hired a coach who's had some experience in that seat. But I also I'm not surprised by the fact that he turned to a guy who has recruited this state a lot. And, you know, I, I talked to a lot of high school coaches uh, just through doing high school stories, but also personally, you know, through, um, you know, having sons that played high school ball. And so in just knowing the landscape, Ben Johnson had a really, really or has a really, really good relationship with. AAU coaches and high school coaches here. Um, 
he recruited, you know, when he left Patino's staff, I can't tell you how many people told me that was a huge blow. Um, and, and I know fans are saying, well, he didn't get a lot of players here. That was the whole knock on him. It's like the comeback to, bit to that is, well, he wasn't the head coach. Right. <laughs> you know, he's just the top assistant. The, the, the player that recruit has to, you know, have a relationship with the head coach too. And so, um, but this is a risk reward. I mean, Mark Coyle is absolutely betting on the fact that Ben Johnson will be able to, I don't know, I don't say lock down the state, but get more of the talent to stay home. And in turn, that will help the, him, you know, be a better coach because the better players you have, the better coach you are. And he's, he's willing to probably sacrifice um, the unknowns, you know, of him never being a head coach. And so I'm not surprised there, but the one, you know, the one comeback to that argument is too, is it's not like he's the only coach that would be able to build relationships here and outside one, you know, an outside coach who's been a head coach. They they're, they're going to be able to recruit this state too. And so let's remember, it's a very low bar to clear that Richard Patino had in terms of recruiting this state. So I think anybody was going to be an upgrade in terms of recruiting this state, but um you know, this is the way that, that Cole went. And, and obviously this could get, I say risk reward, this could turn out to be a great hire or it could blow up in his face. We don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, the risk, obviously, like we said, he's, he's never been in this seat before. That's not to say he can't do it. Plenty Absolutely. Of coaches, Absolutely. Plenty, of, plenty yeah. of coaches have gone from, you know, high level assistant jobs. He was at Xavier for three years. He was at Minnesota for several years under Patino before that they, they, they get their chance and they, and they go do it. But the risk, you know, like we said, the risk is you don't know how he's going to lead his own program. You know, you don't know what kind of in-game coach he is because he hasn't really mm-hmm. done it. You, you know, tactically, you probably know tactically, you know, what he wants to do and things like that. But his, the biggest thing he has going for it for him right now is obviously the recruiting piece and the rest of it's going to have kind of have to be a work in progress. I imagine. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, we don't know what kind of X's and O's. And I mean, right. if, you, if you have a, coach who's been a head coach and he has a track record, you know, exactly. This is his style. This is what he's going to do. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously some unknowns with, let's say you hired Craig Smith or Nico. Uh, can they make that leap to the big 10? I mean, there's that unknown, but at least they have a track record. You know, they've done the job and it's, it's just a lot different. I mean, I think anybody would tell you being a top assistant versus being the head coach is, is a lot different. I mean, it's going to be Nico going against or going to, it's going to be Ben Johnson going against Tom Izzo. And, you know, all the different coaches in the Big Ten. And so, um, not that, again, that's not to say he can't be successful, but I think where Mark Cole is, is looking at this, and, and, Mike, I've known Mark Cole for 20 years and had so, you know, a number of conversations with him over the years. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard him talk about recruiting. It, yeah. It's just recruiting, you know, with PJ Fleck, Lindsey Whalen, everything he does. I think when he makes a hire, it's all about recruiting in his mind. You know, Mark probably talked to a lot of people around the state that said, Hey, Ben Johnson has a great relationship. He was, you know, made inroads here when he was with Patino. And so I, I'm, I guarantee you that resonated with him. I think most people thought they were going to land with a guy who's been a head coach and for yeah. him to go down this path. He has to feel strongly about him as a recruiter and, and that being, a, being able to translate into a program that's, not maximizing its potential. When they hired PJ Fleck, it seemed like it, that was the that was a that was a first choice. It was like they went and got their guy. Bob Motzko, same thing. You know, different mm-hmm. sport, different type of coach. You know, Motzko was a little bit more of a 
slam dunk. He'd been here before. Lindsey Whalen, a completely different kind of hire, but you get the idea that yeah. they went straight for her. Do you think this was a case where Mike, Mark Coyle went straight for Ben Johnson and then all this other stuff was smoke and conjecture? Does this feel like not a first choice to you? I Well, when he hired P.J. Fleck, he knew I want to go hire P.J. Fleck. When he hired Lindsey Whalen, same thing. Bob Motzko, I want to go hire them. I think with this one, he... I think Mark Cole had a pool of people that he was interested in um, because he, I don't think he interviewed anybody else with football. I think he just went and hired PJ flag. That's what he wanted with this one. I think he probably did talk to a number of people, a number of coaches. And so maybe he, maybe Ben was his top choice out of a pool of guys, but I don't think when he fired Rick, uh, Richard Pino, the next day, I don't think he woke up and said, I'm going to hire uh, ben Johnson. I, I would just be surprised if that's happened. I think it's probably um, was the top guy that came out of his, his uh, you know, his short list or whatever, you know, however many guys were on that list. I think he probably just emerged from it, but I don't think he was the only guy he wanted to, to hire at that point. We're seeing, you know, reports that salary is just short of $2 million. Base salary can make more in incentives, things like that. Mm-hmm. How much do you think money I mean, this maybe didn't ultimately influence who they hired, but it, it probably influenced who they could have conversations with, right? So it did. It probably it might have limited the search to a certain degree. I think you're being naive if you don't think it did, um, because let's just connect dots. They were willing to let Richard Pitino, while he was still here, go interview for other jobs, so they didn't have to pay a buyout. Okay, and it wasn't a huge buyout by buyout standards. It was 1.75 million, but they out. They said, go interview and try to get that job so our buyout will be lower. They're not paying a buyout for Ben Johnson. So they didn't hire an existing head coach where you'd have a buyout. And I, I don't know everybody in the Big Ten, but I'm guessing that $1.9 million um, is going to be near the bottom, if not at the bottom of the Big Ten. So connect the dots. I mean, yeah. And this is a school that is hurting for money. We know it. They've lost a ton of revenue. They just cut three sports. And they told us part of it because of the lost revenues for pandemic. So the idea that they were going to try to make a run for Eric Musselman and pay him in excess of, you know, $3 million. I think you're naive if you don't think money had some, uh, some factor in this. So what's the, you know, what's the plan, I guess, now that, now that he has the job, um, you know, how, how long does it take? Cause it feels like a, you know, I guess who, who can he reasonably expect to, have back from last year's team? Who would he want to have back from last year's team? How, how much can they, you know, kind of recruit on the fly transfer portal kind of stuff or, and, and ultimately how long does it take to, you know, rebuild the way you want to rebuild? Well, it's funny in, in college basketball today and probably college football, you have to recruit high school kids, especially with the coaching change. So Ben has to come in here. He has to recruit high school kids. He has to re-recruit the players on the roster and then he has to recruit the portal. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I assume your first couple calls are to Marcus Carr if you want him back, if he does, to Jamal Mashford Jr. and and just say, hey, I'm the new coach, and this is my, you know, try to if you want him back, um, I'm sure he's going to hit the transfer portal hard to find out because um, you have to if you're not doing it if you're not that's just the way of the world now. I mean, coaches yeah. have to recruit it, and then you have to you know jump into the high school recruiting here. It's probably too late for this class. I don't know you know, how many kids are left unsigned. I assume most of them are. Obviously, there's a big one here in, in town that's that's not, but, I, you know, that's – I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. Um, but 
you know, he has to get in with D1 Minnesota and all the top uh, juniors right now and start making headway there. Um, obviously, I think a big thing for him, Mike, is his staff um, and putting together a staff that, one, you know, we can talk about Dave Thorson um, in, the, uh, you know, whether he'd be here. But I also think he needs a veteran coach, um, a guy who's maybe been a head coach somewhere before and is now an assistant somewhere and, and would be willing to kind of be his right-hand man in terms of game preparation, scouting the Big Ten, helping with X's and O's, kind of been in that chair before and is willing to help him, kind of like what Juwan Howard has now with Phil Martelli at Michigan. I think that'll be important if he can find a coach who fits what he's, you know, his style and his culture, whatever you want to say it, but just um, to really kind of be his strong number two. You mentioned Dave Thorson. That's an interesting name that everybody's connected that dot immediately. Dave Thorson, mm-hmm. longtime successful coach at De La Salle. Ben Johnson obviously played for him at De La Salle, won some, won some hardware there as part of, I think we were like nine state titles under, under Thorson yes, at De La Salle. Nine, yeah. Um, he's at Colorado state now has been out there for a few years. You think that's a, a no brainer or is, is that just a, is that, are we just connecting dots too easily because there is that connection? No, I, I think if, if you're, if you're Ben, I think you absolutely try to get him on your staff. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're Thorson, obviously he's been with Nico for several years and, and is probably loyal to him. But if, if you're Dave, you're looking at it, it's like, well, this is my home. I remember he was a former gopher assistant, right? <laughs> he worked, you know, many, many years ago, he was a gopher assistant and all the assistants out. He knows this state as well as anyone. High school coaches here really like Dave. Um, he would be a, a huge asset in, in recruiting the state. Let's be honest. You're going to make more money as assistant coach here than you would at Colorado state. So that would be a, you know, financially it would, it would be an upgrade for Dave too. So I, I think if you're Ben, you hundred percent, you, you know, that's who you, you would try to hire as, as an assistant. But I also think, you know, independent of that, that's where I talked about trying to get another, you know, a guy who's been around college basketball a long time and maybe been a head coach. If, if you can find that guy to help you out and Thorson's willing to come, um, that would be a staff that would make a lot of sense. Final thought from you. Is this, do you think this is going to work? I mean, I, I think there were certainly safer, probably safer hires to make. This has probably has a, a higher, maybe a higher ceiling, lower floor, just because of the unknowns. Will this work long-term? I don't know. Um, I hope for the gopher's sake it does. I I will know this. The recruiting will be better because Ben will put great effort in it. He has unbelievable relationships here. Um, And anytime you can get better players, you're going to be a better coach. (laughs) You just, uh, you know, that's just how it is. I mean, you talk to any coach and they say talent wins. I mean, it's, you know, that's the one thing that makes coaches better is talent. So recruiting will be better. It does, does not guarantee the Tyus Jones, Matthew Hurts and Jalen Suggs are automatically going to start coming here. No, you have to have success too. You have to be able to win and have that, you know, that part of it too, beyond just the relationships. Um, And so I think he will recruit better, but we just have to see what he's like as a head coach. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an unknown right now. Um, You know, he's obviously a top assistant Xavier, but it's just such a different deal that, that without a track record, you know, I hope he succeeds because I think he's a, you know, most people that know him know he's a good guy and he's going to really work hard. But um, I think this is one that's, as I go back to, it's the risk reward. I mean, it could be a huge thing for them if, if, if he can handle the X's and O's and run in the program and being the CEO of a, you know, a big 10 basketball program. Um, I think the, the recruiting will take care of itself, but we'll just have to wait and see how the other part of it goes.
and we'll see how patient people are too. Chips Goggins, good stuff. Appreciate you hopping on. Um, read Ship's column. I think you're going to be at the news conference, uh, introductory yep. news conference on uh, on Tuesday morning and uh, go from there, huh? I don't know where they're handed, but somebody around camp. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Chip. We are, we're going to have an actual in-person press conference. Wow. Wow. This how is about great. That? Socially distanced. All right, Chipper. Really quick, let's finish with the cooler and some of your questions. Matthew wants to know, has he reached out to Chet Holmgren yet? That speaks very highly to recruiting. That's going to be a hard get, right? Uh, this this recruiting cycle is going to be a pretty dicey one for, for Ben Johnson. As good as he is, I think it really starts gearing up with uh, with next year, you know, the, the juniors right now, the seniors to be, trying to build that base back up again. Chad wants to know, how hard have they been working to pry Dave Thorson away from Nico Medved to join his staff? We got into that a little bit with Chip Scoggins. I imagine Dave Thorson will be a phone call. I think that'd be a natural hire. Dave Thorson, beloved in this state, very successful high school coach at De La Salle. Kevin wants to know, best guess is if he can hold any of the players who entered into the transfer portal. That's a good question, right? Because next year's cupboard is going to be awfully bare if the likes of Jamal Mashburn Jr., um, you know, some of these other guys that were some of their better up and coming players. We don't know exactly who would ultimately enter the portal, but you know, to keep some of the better players from this year's team would at least give Ben Johnson a foundation to build upon. That said, he could also be looking into the portal to add players from other programs that are looking to transfer. It's a much different process right now than it ever was, and there is a chance to to kind of rebuild quickly if you were able to grab some players from that transfer portal. Last one from Matt Wells. Who do you think he hates more, Wisconsin or Iowa? That's a good question. I would imagine it trends towards Wisconsin. I, I know the, the We Hate Iowa chant, Who Hates Iowa, is popular, but I think Wisconsin really has supplanted Iowa in a lot of that. So I'd say Wisconsin. I can't say for certainty, but uh, that that's my that's my instinct. Good show today. Thanks to uh, Chip Scoggins and Marcus Fuller for hopping on on fairly short notice. We'll be back later this week with a bunch of good stuff. Expecting to have Chris Finch, Timberwolves head coach, on an upcoming show. Phil Miller um, was supposed to be on an upcoming show. He'll be on later this week to talk twins. Um, and Chris Hine, later this week, five-time guest to break down the Timberwolves and the trade deadline. Thanks for joining me today on Daily Delivery, and we will catch you again on Wednesday. Wednesday.